friends! Welcome to another episode of Potions and Potpourri. This is a variety talk show podcast where we talk about all sorts of stuff relating to D&D. We interview guests, we talk about random topics that we like and enjoy, we do some live plays, and we even have a new one that came out recently. Uh, We make things spur of the moment and our potion segment. And we have a kind of new mini segment going that we're calling the Homebrew Series, where we are taking a deeper dive into our multiple homebrew games that we have going um, and just kind of giving you an idea of what those are like and telling some stories and sharing some mechanics. This is Kayla. And this is Keisha. Yeah. So before we get back into our little Homebrew Series, our... um, Icebreaker question today is, uh. <laughs> what embarrassing fashion trend did you follow oh, when you were younger? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's uh, go back in time to the early 2000s. What a decade. <laughs> the year is 2000. <laughs> uh, Which was 21 years ago, by the I way. I don't like thinking about that. <laughs> That's super weird. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so much um man i know that i went through kind of a phase of wearing jeans all the time nothing but jeans and like really really like fancy tops okay that had like you know long shoulder length drapey wow sleeves and like super patterned yeah and i mean they'd be like a deep v but i would always wear something under that so i was extremely <laughs> modest back then that's nice it was more what was wrong with my hair and makeup <laughs> than my clothing okay <laughs> because uh so i have naturally curly hair and for those who know about curly hair i'm a 2c to a 3a and wow okay i've never <laughs> heard that before <laughs> and um i had no idea how to manage it nor did my mom so we brushed it and washed Ugh. it like every day Ugh. so it was yeah it was so frizzy Poofy, and yeah. uncontrollable it was so <laughs> bad and of course i during high school I, I was one of those girls where i tried my best to do makeup but like the the full face cover-up was like a a shade too dark it was pretty obvious you know and like i tried really hard with like eyeshadow that just like blue eyeshadow or something (laughs) really bad you gotta learn somehow though yeah that's true at some point you do but and then i hit a phase like i was wearing my fancy tops and then i hit a phase of just like really oversized uh, like jackets or sweaters. Oh yeah, just cover everything up. I remember that. Oh yeah, in the two thousands. Yeah. So were the jeans like the low cut ones? Were those popular then? Like no, really low well, cut. They were boot cut. I skinny wore jeans. I wore boot cut. <laughs> yeah, hate boot cut. <laughs> the worst kind. I agree. And also bell bottoms. There were a few times where bell bottoms were cool. They're I really still liked cool. Those. I mean, there's like a whole thing because I was like reading cosmopolitan and 17 and whatever but um, uh they said that like if you're shorter you shouldn't be wearing like flared jeans because it makes you look just like shorter scrunched and everything yeah i've heard that before i didn't care i just wore it anyways and yeah i think that it was mostly what it was just it wasn't like super weird but i don't really dress quite like that anymore i like not wearing jeans at all ever in my life yeah jeans are terrible (laughs) they are terrible now uh what was yours so i i was i did the emo thing for a while i was definitely a (laughs) skater kid you know like i had etnies and stuff um middle school was like a new trend every year so i went from emo and i started coloring my hair um and then i went like I was wearing, like, really shitty black heavy eyeliner, you know? <laughs> Didn't really wear other makeup, though. Um, and then I immediately got into goth. So nice. I was super into goth. And I had the trip pants with the chains that you get from Hot Topic. <laughs> yes. I would always wear black t-shirts. And I had, like, really long stringy hair. And I'd wear, like, really horrible, like, thick black eyeliner. <laughs> and listen to, like, shitty death uh. metal that I don't even like. <laughs> um, it's cool. And then (laughs) that was like eighth grade. And then immediately in my freshman year of high school, I was a hippie. 
So I like changed my hair. What? I like got all these like bright colors. Oh my god! I started wearing like skirts and like bright colors <laughs> and like fun patterns. Oh man! Um, and then it just kind of evolved from like hippie to like hippie stoner to just like pajamas in my senior year. <laughs> yes. To now basically just like super casual like athletic wear. Yeah. So I did a pretty big one eighty there. Yeah, you did. You did that a couple of times. <laughs> I really. did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so looking uh, back on those pictures are very cringe. That's amazing. Yeah. I need to see these photos. But the trip pants, man, those were fucking cool. Do you still have some? No. Oh. No. <laughs> My dad was like, it's just a phase. I'm like, it's, it's not a phase, dad. I don't understand. He's like, God, I really hope it's a phase. <laughs> <laughs> One year later. <laughs> oh, man. That, yeah. Yep. Our poor parents. I know. Poor today's parents. Ugh. Well, it's all the same. It's just like different well, trends. Of. I so. feel like, I mean, in all honesty, I feel like this generation ha- is like a lot cuter, a lot sooner. Like it took me until I hit like 24. Maybe. Well, they have plenty of things to uh, learn on I the know. internet. You know, yeah. we didn't have that. They have the access. Yeah. We so. did. <laughs> Lucky bastards. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So a little bit more about us. Uh, maybe you can cringe along <laughs> with us. Please cringe with us. Please tell us you went through the same phase. Some of those awkward faces. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's bring it back to the show, the episode at hand. All right. Yeah, more homebrew stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you listen to our previous episode, we actually told you the full plot of our campaign. The one we're talking about right now is the Rift campaign. Um, what caused it, why there's a division between the North and South, uh, how the player characters tied into all that, how they met, and how they are going. They started from the South and they're heading into the North, crossing the Rift itself. And a little bit about the characters themselves, especially Kayla's character. And yeah, the general gist of it all. We're yeah. just kind of going to continue on from there. Yeah, so definitely recommend listening to that first. Because yes. now we're just going to dive even deeper into it. Um, and again, just to clarify, kind of the the point for the series for us was to, uh, one, we want to share the story because it's really cool. And we don't, we're not going to like play it on the show. Right. It's almost over. It's way too late. <laughs> but also we hope it kind of gives you some insight into like Keisha's way of DMing things and like homebrewing things and um, how we have come up with the story together as a group and how some of us have made characters and kind of just compare it to your own experiences. Yeah, definitely. It's always fun. I think every D&D or just in general, any person that's a nerd of some kind or geek in some way, they just love sharing what they do. Right. And others of that fellow group like loves hearing about it. Mostly. Mostly. That's true. Mostly. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, hopefully it's fun for you guys to listen to because we're going to keep doing it because it's fun for us. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So part two, like I said, we're just going to take a deeper dive into some of this stuff and uh, talk about some fun people that we've met. Yeah. So we obviously already talked about a little bit about the Rift Crosser. Uh, he was a fun character to do. I remember the first time when I was really playing him with all the players that we had when there was like nine or whatever people at that time. It was kind of hard to like get everybody to be quiet and settle down at the same yes. time and listen. <laughs> yep. But I one of my favorite memories is a very early one when I was playing the Rift Crosser. I gave him a whole backstory. Of course, it had to be tragic. And <laughs> I had one of the somebody asked me as the player, like, and me as a character. Like, oh, what's your story, Rift Crosser? Like, why don't you have a name? Like, why are you here? Why are you doing what you do? And I didn't intend this at all, but I went on like a whole monologue of his life. And he was just saying it. That you made up? Yeah, it was just... Wow. Most of it was on the spot because I... It was weird. I just kind of like slipped into that character and just started talking. And while he was telling his story, people was were like quiet mm-hmm. and I just kept going yeah. and it lasted for like probably like five minutes. It felt like Hell yeah. a long time. And at the end, everybody literally like started clapping. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was so cool. I was like, oh, thanks. So anyways. Uh. Wow. So that was all improv. <laughs> it was basically improv because I had like the gist of his background. It wasn't delved too deeply though, but just 
being that character and saying it all, I was like, no, this makes sense as I'm saying it. This is his story. This makes sense. And I don't know. That was really cool. So he, the Rift Crosser, is kind of one of my favorite characters because of that moment, honestly. And then I go and kill him, (laughs) like, three (laughs) sessions later. (laughs) I mean, he's still around, though. Yeah, he does eventually, spoiler alert, come back. (laughs) Which that was actually not intended either. Oh. The only reason he came back was because there was this, like, really intense moment. And this is a bit further, like, the end of the first arc, I guess you could say, of the campaign where people are like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And I say, like, oh, a figure appears behind you. And literally everyone's like, oh, my God, it's the Rip Crosser, isn't it? I knew it. I knew he was coming back. <laughs> and I was like, no, it was someone else. But it's him now, I guess. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> but, yeah, he was originally supposed to be dead, dead. But, I don't know, he came back and everybody was excited about it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll make this work. He can be not dead. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta look at the my own rules for my own world and figure it out. <laughs> Does it fit? Yeah, he's so he's like the first main uh NPC that everybody meets. And he's still around and he's I don't know, he's a cool guy. It's really cool being like the really like dark, shadowy, like, oh yeah, like I'm a tough guy. Yeah, yeah, it's that really gravelly voice that you said was hard to do a lot of. Yes. Every time I have to be him for a long time during a session, the next day I, like, can't talk. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, continuing on with the story and everything. Let's see. So you guys eventually do make it, well, while you're going through, actually, the rift, a really important event happens before you made it to the other side that kind of uh, became a central or a key element going forward throughout the campaign. Oh, really? And that's when you guys had that mind connection. Oh, that was in the rift. Mm-hmm. That was in the rift. Wow. Okay. Yep. It was when, because we had a, another episode, um, one of our early ones about like substances at the table. Where we talk about this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's mentioned where they meet the rifflings and they have all of the PCs like join them and they're doing some sort of weird ritual because they knew the rift crosser and a lot of them claimed like, oh yeah, the rift crosser. Yeah, he taught me all kinds of stuff. And like, I grew up with him. He was kind of like my father here since we don't really have fathers or mothers. How are we made? We don't know. (laughs) Oh, weird thing. We just pop out of the ground, apparently. (laughs) And they did their own little like dance. And the air was just filled with this wispy like drug in the air. I I don't know how to call it. Like, it's just it's just there. It's in the air. It's incensey. There we go. Something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm on my game tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and that caused everybody except one person to mind meld. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, you guys were able to talk to each other like in your minds, which has been kind of funny because you guys will have like entire conversations <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, but to clarify, we're not saying this out loud. Yeah. So my NPCs are like, everybody's been really quiet. So quiet. <laughs> And it's been like 10 minutes. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> so who it was must have been a person that wasn't playing for it was, a while. It uh, was the Loxodon. He was originally not mind melded. Oh, right. We had to give that to him later because he was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, he would always just sit there like. So uh-huh. was that like a pass fail save that we had to make on that? Um, It was because he was the only one that. Passed. Passed. Wow. Literally the only one. It's was, because... Is that a wisdom save? I think it was. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> are terrible at wisdom. The worst thing you guys... Yeah. <laughs> I think that was kind of the start of you guys being like, oh, so these guys are good at, like, psychic stuff. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty scary. I mean, we got... Uh, like, we talked about that one episode, Substances and Etiquette. We told the story, but um, we were basically drugged and then, like... Uh, some kind of, like, mind-touching happened. Yep. Where the rifflings, like, invaded our minds and we could sense them, like, rooting around and they're looking for memories and, like, learning about us. And then when that was over and they got what they wanted, we were all connected. Yeah. Mentally. So we were able to, like, telepathically communicate. Um, And that was actually a really important mechanic, it turns out, Mm -hmm. that Keisha gave us right away. Yeah. You guys use that. 
still use that. Well, and it had no <laughs> limits, so we could communicate no matter how far away we were. And it was mostly positive, except for the times when we were, like, tortured. And we would all share, like, the same bad memories that we'd had. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, to get that power, we had to relive our worst memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. we all shared those experiences together at the exact same time. So oh, yeah. we bonded over that. I forgot about that because once you guys actually pass the chasm itself, uh, there's that voice that's mm-hmm. trying to like lure you down into the dark depths below. And again, most of you failed because y'all suck at wisdom, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> especially earlier in the game. Yep. And yeah. I had every single person describe what their characters, like one of their worst memories was that's like dredged up and all others witness. And it was another way to have you guys like be more together. Connected? Get closer. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Feeling more connected. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good word for it. Because at the same time, you guys also would share when one's feeling super happy you know, or is having like a really good memory that they're bringing up. Like everyone sees that too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was just an interesting mechanic that I introduced in the game that that wasn't something that I didn't think would play that much into the campaign. Yeah, it was super important. Yeah. So, and eventually like seeing how much you guys used it, I was (laughs) like, hey, maybe if you mess around with it more, you could figure out like, oh, you can project yourselves into other people's minds mm-hmm. and potentially get information or know if they're like lying about something, you yeah. know, really use that. And we did try to do that a little, but it was uh, difficult yeah. to accomplish. Because you had to uh, like make an attack roll. Yeah. It was always like wisdom or intelligence I gave. And y'all were even probably worse <laughs> in intelligence than wisdom. Yes. <laughs> so, But a mechanic like that really helped us solidify... Um, our connection as a group. Mm-hmm. And then we also were able to share a lot of things together. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it also made it so like, if one person was talking to an NPC and got, you know, like valuable information in secret, then we all knew the information. Yep. <laughs> you know, so uh, it made intrigue and stuff really easy for us. But also, it was kind of awkward sharing all that all of the time. Right. There was definitely a few times when we would be like, you know, doing some R&R and uh, certain members of the party didn't want to be a part of some of the other activities that the members <laughs> were getting into. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of awkward, so. Yeah, especially, like, because you brought up your character, how she's very chaste yes. and doesn't like any of that kind of stuff. Yes. And you have two characters especially that are just like, no, we're all about the loving. Yep. <laughs> That's all we want to do. That's yep. all we want to give. <laughs> <laughs> Very awkward. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we've definitely shared a lot of moments that couldn't otherwise be described verbally, you know, the emotions and stuff. So yeah, it definitely brought us closer together and made it easier for us to do a lot of things. And then also kind of awkward, like talking to NPCs and then just like standing and staring at the ground for like 10 minutes (laughs) while we discuss something. (laughs) Maybe sometimes making a face or like gesturing. Yeah. But nothing else is happening. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But yeah, so that was kind of early on in the story when we were still crossing through the rift. Yes, I happened really early. We're crossing through and you mentioned briefly that we crossed the chasm. Mm -hmm. Uh. Which maybe you can tell us a little about that experience. That was a whole fucking thing, too. Yeah, it was. uh, So you guys had lost your rift crosser at this point. And normally that wasn't supposed to happen. So you had to figure out how to get across it yourself. So again, um, you heard a voice and it was different for everybody, too. It was a voice of someone they knew or someone they trusted at the very least. And it just tried to drag them down. And uh, they were saved by two party members who didn't uh, listen to that call. And ironically, one of them was the Loxodon, who is not mentally connected at this point (laughs) with everybody. So he's trying to adjust everybody being weirdly quiet and not talking to him for like periods of time. But yeah, he mostly was the one who saved all of you guys. And you did manage to get to the other side, but at that time, there wasn't much in there. It looked like it was new growth was coming out of there. It was still like kind of developing. Um, 
you could feel like the ground itself was shifting as the rift was growing. It was spreading like day by day, Mm -hmm. hour by hour. And you literally felt like the sand, the dirt beneath your feet or your hands as you're like climbing down into the chasm a little bit. It's all just like tumbling upwards and over because it's shifting. Crazy. Uh, You guys actually didn't linger in there for too long. You got out within one session pretty quickly. I believe that was also when you guys were also shown a vision, Mm -hmm. but all of you saw a totally different version of the vision. Yes. And I actually did want to talk about that because that was like a pivotal moment for us as a group because we saw... We essentially saw the rift. Mm-hmm. It was showing itself to us in different ways, the way we wanted to see it. Yeah. Um, so some of us saw it as an enemy and some of us saw it as a friend. Uh, and I don't know if we were aware of what we saw, but we like talked about it. Yeah. Um, it was pretty obscure. <laughs> yeah. So some of us like had very, very strong emotional reactions that it was evil and benevolent and we should kill it, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was just like all these dark images, like mouth coming out to eat us or whatever. Right. And some of it was like loving purple swirls, like embracing us, like our mother's touches, you know? Yeah. So that was kind of when we realized, one, that it was like a living being. This whole like ecosystem was being controlled from within this chasm. And two, that we (laughs) had individual ideas about what to do going forward (laughs) like right from the (laughs) get-go and just like in the middle of the rift we're crossing over (laughs) yep (laughs) and some of us are like oh we definitely shouldn't kill it and some of us are like we absolutely have to kill it Mm -hmm. um and we definitely started arguing about it you know yeah and it was a whole thing um and that was kind of our first impression of the rift and then even from there it it has changed dramatically for how we feel about it yeah i kind of i'm trying to remember like what side everybody was on initially and what side they're on now. So Buff and I, Buff is the human warlock paladin. Mm -hmm. Him and I are the two that have the rift magic. Yeah, you were both born the instant that the rift was created. Right, and so I am a sorcerer and I'm actually a wild magic sorcerer and we actually kind of reskinned it, Keisha and I, to be rift magic, which makes sense. Yeah. And so Buff and I, I'm pretty sure both saw... The rift positively, yeah. I want to say. It was warm and trying it was, to reach out to you. But it was, I think it was trying to reach out to us more than anybody else. Yes. So it was like, to me, it was Mistra saying like, come to me, I'm here. You know, like, it's nice here. Mm-hmm. You want to be a part of it. Like, this is where your magic is from. Right. Um, and for him, you know, whatever it was, but we had the same reaction. And I think a lot of people saw it negatively. Mm-hmm. And then some people saw it like neutral. As well. There was a mix, for sure. So there were a lot of people that were like, we don't really we don't really know what we even want to do with this. That yeah. was weird. But I do remember <laughs> that at first, at first I did want to keep the rift alive because I was very conflicted that there was an entire population of people, plants, history, culture, all of that living here. Um, and we thought we would have to kill it. So at first I was like, maybe we don't have to kill it. We just have to stop it mm-hmm. from growing. Um, but there was still always that added mystery of where's Mistra. Um, but yeah, so that was difficult. It was fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because in my mind, I was like, so it begins. <laughs> but yeah, so crossing through the rift, we met some some NPCs that actually became pretty important later on. I mean, the rift crosser was one of them. Mm-hmm. And he dies pretty much right away from fighting that rift dragon, mm-hmm. which was something that you reskinned and is basically like a xenomorph dragon. Yeah. Like from Alien. so fun. Super <laughs> badass. And has this crazy like rift breath. Mm-hmm. And we were like level five. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, so they have this like whole curse. It's a whole thing. But um, the rift crosser and the rift dragon have to kill each other, basically. That's like their entire quest. Yep. Uh, one cannot live without the other, but they are both destined to die at each other's hands. hands. Yeah. Yeah. So we see them like tumbling away from us fighting and, you know, presume that the Rift Crosser is dead. Yeah. So anyways, so he was, that was pretty important for us because um, we were left alone. And then sometime during the crossing, we also met uh, the Riftling Xavius. Yes, he was... One of the few rifflings that were actually pretty important for you guys to meet. 
I don't know if you recall this because again, this was briefly mentioned. There were there's so many elements. You will learn as a DM that there are going to be so many story elements that never get explored, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> especially if they're having fun with what they do have, like. It's not necessary to shove everything down their throats, you know, like if there's some things that you got really excited about and you wrote it and it just doesn't happen, like that's okay. At least, you know, and just let them do their thing. (laughs) Sometimes it could be a little too much anyway, but Xavius is one of the four firstborn rifflings and he was very uh, forward, I guess you could say. Yeah, he was. (laughs) <laughs> bit of a dick. Yes. <laughs> uh, very full of himself, uh, cocky, you know, and he was basically the one who led you guys to that gathering mm-hmm. that drugged you and gave you those uh, mental powers. Yeah, and he was aware of us the entire time we've been in the rift, and mm-hmm. he pretty much was very, like, cocky about... He knew everything about us, always knew where we were. We couldn't hide from him and we couldn't lie to him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He knew everything because he was always in your guys' mind mm-hmm. without your permission. So he was a terrible, terrible person. Yes. <laughs> and he loved it. <laughs> but he was kind of like the other side of the rift because, like, you see, like, oh, yes, there's like, there's families here, there's culture, there's actual people living. But then you got this guy here who just like, slips right into your mind, Mm -hmm. doesn't even need you, doesn't need to ask or anything. And to him, it's totally okay. And you should accept it. And that's how it is. That's how it all should be, you know? So it's just like, huh, is this really a good thing? Are you really that great of people? (laughs) Ah! (laughs) But yeah, he was kind of mostly only in there while you were in the rift. And it's funny because you guys never really got back after you left the first time. Right. So his character kind of got swept under the rug after a certain point because you guys learn eventually that rifflings cannot stray too far from the rift where they would perish yeah. or go insane. Mm-hmm. So so he never came out after mm-hmm. us or anything. So we never right. saw him outside of that. Yeah. And he was the one that kind of tried to warn you, but also sent these creatures after you, but he, uh, you eventually meet another race that I named the Ungeldi, which is the opposite of the Elendi, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ungeldi are basically like half a creature, like like a spider. They're drider. Or, yeah. They're different types of drider. There's driders. Yeah. yeah, it's basically a drider <laughs> where like the top half is like an elf or a human or a gnome or whatever, and then the bottom half is like a bug, a bug or a spider. There's a scorpion. Scorpion, one. yeah, yeah. So you encountered some of them too. They were super creepy, and it was three sisters. Yeah, but the main one was Kazakhta, 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 Kazakhstan is what we called her, so we would remember. <laughs> I should not have picked a weird name because Keisha always gives us really oh, weird names, God. and uh, we never know how to say them. So we started calling her Kazakhstan. <laughs> Um, but we remembered it because it's Kazekata. Uh, and I gave up. But and, uh, <laughs> I mean, you remembered it, yeah. That so. whole, you know, we ended up having to, like, fight her and her sisters. And that was, like, we had already encountered some really creepy shit in the Rift. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, kind of our first big boss battle. Yeah. At a lower level. That's right. Um, and we kind of got to, like, learn what the Rift is producing and, like, learn some of our own new powers. Uh, but she was creepy. Mm-hmm. For sure. And uh, not very fun to fight. And um, she had these, like, baby spider minions. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Yep, where it was, like, the heads of some people and then random limbs attached to them. Uh, Those were around. That was a weird thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was creepy. But, so, I don't remember how that ended, but we ended up winning and... Something, something, something. She became our ally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody had a feeling. I don't remember how this happened, but I literally wrote down in my notes, the only way for her to not attack you guys is if someone offered a gift. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I remember this. Yes. And it it had to be specified. It is a gift. I like think Buff are, did this. Yeah, it was Buff, who is 
um, giving this to her. Buff Vanderhuge, like, by the way. Buff Vanderhuge, yes. Great name. Yes, it's such a good name. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so I really wish I remembered the details, but... I think I remember. So we were like, because her lair is just like scattered body parts and like bones. Mm-hmm. It's like a graveyard. Right. Just like piles of body parts. So we went and got an arm oh my God, that's right. from a pile <clears throat> and came back. Uh, I think we asked her, though. I think we we're like, if we give you a gift, like, will you let us pass? Right. And so we brought her an arm, just like a severed arm, and gave it to her. And she was stoked. <laughs> Like, so excited yeah. about it. Um, and we uh, won her favor with the severed arm. Yep. You instantly became friends. Yeah. At least in her eyes. And she gave us a favor, and it was a pretty big favor. So. Yep. You had the option to ride her spiders through the rift. <laughs> Without. Her giant spiders. Right. And, like, be protected. Yes. From anything. Because if we cross into her domain in and out, uh, we would get attacked. Yes. So that was kind of the thing. Like, even with this gift, it wasn't guaranteed we'd be able to come back through the rift and not get attacked by her. Right. So, Plus, if you brought another gift. Right. So <laughs> some people were like, okay, so everything we kill, just collect the limbs. Yeah. And <laughs> just give her all of the bodies. <laughs> all of the limbs. <laughs> um, but it worked. So. Yeah. Uh, and we did eventually go back to the rift briefly, and we used the spiders to get across, and mm-hmm. it made it way faster and easier. Oh, yeah. So it worked out. <laughs> yep. That was the story of Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. <laughs> um, and that was pretty much everybody we met in the rift, right? As we were crossing. Uh, no, nothing else major happened. I believe Neon was technically in the rift. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's another main character. His name is Neon. And he was modeled after Meowth from <laughs> Team Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> and he even had two human friends... And it was Jadora and Jared were their names. Jadora, yeah. Jared, and Neon. Yeah. They even had their own little Team Rocket-esque uh, poem. poem. Which Keisha re- uh, repeats for us in the Voices episode. So yes. if you want to hear it, that's <laughs> a good one to listen to. <laughs> that was a lot of fun writing that. Yeah. Like, I had a lot of fun, even though... <sighs> Those three did not last very long together. It was really fun just, like, writing them. Yes, yeah, they were super fun. Yeah. They, they were, were memorable. Great. They were. Especially since. So, this is a this is another fun memory that I have. Uh, for me, anyway. So, you guys encountered an abandoned Yuanti temple in the rift. And this is where the sands were glassed over into this weird, like, glass-like substance that is eventually called Vorpal glass. Mm-hmm. Super um, strong yeah. and potent. Yeah, and you guys encountered the two humans, Jadora and Jared, and they led you through the temple, and eventually, wow, this was when the Rift Crosser was still alive. Okay. Wow. So it was before. Oh, man. Yeah, this, you met Neon way early on. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, so you led them through, and then they did this whole, like, show yep. with like all the lights and the sparkles <laughs> and, the posing. and the posing like again very team rocket to the max for sure and during all of that the rift crosser disappeared suddenly and you guys did not see it because they rolled nat 20s both of them i was so proud of myself <laughs> i remember this very well and eventually all the fun and games disappeared when they started peeling off their skin. Oh, God, yeah. And revealed underneath that they were actually yuan but they were, like, very grotesque. And, like, they had lived there way too long. And they were trying to get you guys to be sacrifices to bring back their dead god, Seth. So that was a really fun shock for yep. everybody because nobody saw that coming whatsoever. They thought they were having a fun time. <laughs> like, it got a little weird when they were trying to offer like, hey, just drink this cup of red stuff. It's blood. And yeah. hey, just take a bite of this uh, this hunk of meat. It's a heart. You know? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> and then Neon didn't know that they were Yuanti in disguise as well mm. so he was freaking out about that forgot about that detail yeah because they managed to trick him trick him and they took the bodies the skins of his two friends and he didn't know that for like weeks until you guys Ugh. came along so that was a whole thing but you killed the yuan 
And then you saved Neon and you ended up having him tag along with you guys. We befriended him. He yeah. was like a small, little, hairless tabaxi. Yes. <laughs> very weak and timid. Yep. And obviously uh, very traumatized. Yeah. Not having a good time. Yeah. But you guys took him under your wing and he's still here to this day. A lot stronger. <laughs> and we'll get to where he's at later. But <laughs> Poor guy. At least he's alive. Um, but yeah, he definitely had his own like side uh, personal growth and development, which was kind of fun to see too. Yeah, I mean, he became basically our sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we kind of would like dump him off at locations outside of the rift for a while and like forget about him. Yep. Um, he also became our babysitter for a while when some of our party members had children. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and he really develops into like a full-fledged character. He's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, he's another favorite. Yeah, I forgot how long ago. The yeah. only reason is because the two Yuan-Ti managed to get the Rift Crosser. I totally forgot that he was there for that. Mm-hmm. So that was a really early on. Yeah, and that was all still in the Rift. That was in the Rift. And how long did it take us to cross the Rift? I feel like you guys were real time. It probably took like three-ish months. Wow. For like the actual Rift-ness, I want to say. And then eventually you guys managed to get out with Neon and like all the party members. I don't know at what point we had to go online where we lost a couple people to that. Mm -hmm. But eventually you guys made it into the North. And for most of your characters, it was totally different from the South. Yep. (laughs) There's like hardly any of the like elves, humans, dwarves, and all that. It's just all like the Loxodon and the Tabaxi and Yuan-Ti, lizard mm-hmm. folk, like all of the more animalistic races mm-hmm. were all there. So that's kind of when we go to the major city of Rethladon. That's right. Which is kind of like one of the cities that we made up together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, when we made our map, like we talked about in the last episode, we actually went through and like named a lot of locations. Uh, we just like took turns making up names for places and putting them on the map where we wanted them. So Rathladon became this kind of major city for us. And that was, yeah, in the north. And this is where we get introduced to what is called the Kuna. Yes, the Kuna are the leaders of the north. And there is one to represent each race for the most part, except for the tabaxi, because in my history, the males and females are like separate from each other, not in like a negative or bad way. It's just the the males go off on their own adventures. Like they want to see the world. They want to spread their songs and stories and the females like obviously would have their kids. They would take them out hunting and teach them how to survive. And then like once the kid is like five, they abandon them to survive <laughs> on their own. And <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Kuna has a representative that is elected in their own unique way. Like for example, for the Loxodon, theirs is whoever is the eldest. Mm-hmm. Because for them... Those who have lived the longest are the wisest, you know. And then for the Tritons, it's actually someone who is selected at birth and he's raised to be the leader because that's his destiny, you know. Like every single Triton is born with a destiny and they must pursue it or perish. Um, There also can only be an even number of Kuna. Right. Or an odd number. Odd number. Odd number. Okay. So when they vote on things Mm -hmm. that way, they can get things passed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a representative of each one and some of them, uh, so you guys met the Kuna and some of them, you guys got along with pretty well. And then some of them, not at all. That's right. (laughs) And this eventually became, uh, sort of side quests into main quests of you guys replacing the Kuna members (laughs) that you thought were corrupt or just... Not cool. Yeah. (laughs) We basically took over this entire government system and established a what we call democracy, (laughs) which was really us picking our favorite candidates and making people vote on them. Yeah. (laughs) And we even like, so we replaced the Loxodon with our Loxodon, for example, eventually. It's because he died. Yeah. Yeah. And he became, our Loxodon became the leader of his people, you know. Mm -hmm. The player Loxodon that we're mentioning, his name is Red Wolf. We should probably just say the name. Yes, Red Wolf. His name is Red Wolf. 
And that was pretty hilarious because I did not anticipate that whatsoever. (laughs) I had like two different candidates that were totally different from each other. And like one of them, like they had opposing ideals. And you guys, I was like, oh, yeah, you guys have to choose. And then you were like, oh, you know what? We have a locks. <laughs> yeah. Let's throw him in the race. And I was like, God, fuck it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's roll for this. And they they won. Yeah, we won. They won by so much. Because democracy always wins. Because fuck the dice. Yeah, we basically rode in our own candidate <laughs> and won. So that's fine. <laughs> but... But it helped because then we all kind of had an end to the QNOM meetings. Yeah. Because that was kind of like the government system up there in the north. Um, so we were able to be a part of the meetings with our mind connection, yep. thanks to Redwall being a sit-in. Yes. So we were kind of able to sway a lot of the uh, political <laughs> changes that happened <laughs> up there, um, including one of the uh, representatives was killed by another NPC, King. Two, two of them technically were yeah, killed. Yeah, so the male, the male tabaxi. tabaxi was killed, and there wasn't a female uh, representative at the time, even though we knew of one. And then who was the second? Uh, the Yuan-Ti. Oh, Svela. <laughs> Svela. Yeah. So, <laughs> She's yeah. a good one. Yeah. But yeah, so we, um, we ended up replacing both of them. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, a, this was later, a little bit later in the story, but we got to decide who to replace. And... Um, it was difficult, and we were looking for some of the people that we wanted mm-hmm. to be there, and others were like, hey, we want to do it. We're like, no, fuck you. Uh, we're good, actually. We want people that support the cause, that <laughs> will get votes passed, you know? <laughs> but also really like us. Like, that's pretty important, too. Right. And so for one of these elections, we actually invented an NPC from scratch. Oh, my God. With that Keisha. great. Um, because we needed to replace the tabaxi. And the female tabaxi that we knew about was missing. Um, she was off in the rift doing some mysterious shit. Mm-hmm. Possibly an enemy. We don't know. Right. But so the male tabaxi was dead. And we didn't know any other tabaxis. <laughs> and they're kind of aloof. They don't really care about us in general. We hadn't met right. a ton. So we made one up. <laughs> and just... And, Stalled him into the government. Oh, my God. And that was Chairman Meow. Chairman Meow. <laughs> Who we also talk about in the Voices episode, and he's a cool oh dude. Oh, my God. He's so great. Um, that, so- was so, that was really fun, though, because, like, like she was saying, we, nobody had, they hadn't really met many Tabaxi. Well, you guys met one, but he turned it down. Um, Swiftpaw. Swiftpaw, yeah. <laughs> So you guys were like, can we just like make one up? Like the traits and like his ideals and his name. And yep. I was like, sure. Yep. And that's what happened. So we spent now, most of a session just making an NPC together, which was really fun. That was a lot of fun seeing yeah. you guys do that. So that was cool. Uh, um, but yes, the other uh, that I wanted to go back to, the other QNAW that we upended was a UNT. Yes. Fela. So originally, one of the players had... I'm not. It's. It wasn't a romance. It was a, like a fling. He had a one night stand. He had a, okay, <laughs> a one night stand where passionate. Like, one it night was stand. very passionate on both ends. Like we didn't go into detail, but they had a good time. And uh, so she was basically just using him because she recognized his strength and wanted to absorb some of his essence to create children that were stronger. <laughs> and then she like immediately like discarded him like the next day and he was pretty mad about that and he was so focused he was like we gotta kill her like we should kill her (laughs) she sucks right we gotta kill her (laughs) (laughs) and i mean eventually you guys did kind of find out that she was secretly uh trying to plot the return of her dead god you know seth she was tied to the other yuan t that we mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. with neon Mm -hmm. And you guys did kill her. And I mm-hmm. think it was the guy that she screwed over. Bandar halfling barbarian. Yes, one of the halflings managed to deal the final blow with glee. Yes. I might add. So you guys had to replace her and you didn't really have anybody until you guys went on a quest where you encountered one called Merilith who was really an ancient Yuan-Ti from centuries ago, trapped because of a curse, because she wanted to change her the ways of her people, because they were just so, like, 
I don't want to say necessarily barbaric, but they would always do like blood rituals they were cruel. and very cruel to others and each other. And she was a rare yuan born to be like, hey, you know what? That's terrible. Why can't we rule with kindness and like actually get along with each other? Yeah. And so she was overwhelmed and imprisoned and you guys encountered her. And that was just supposed to be like a one-off battle in a dungeon. <laughs> That didn't happen. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Because you guys realize that she was noble and good-hearted at the core. Because at the beginning of the battle, she said, I wish to know your names. And I am very sorrowful for what I am about to do. But I must because of this curse. Yeah. And I, I apologize. But please battle me. And I hope it is an honorable battle. And everybody's like, hey, she's cool. Yeah. Can we break this curse? <laughs> so you found a way to break it because you rolled really well and you guys came up with really good stuff. So I guess she got free, which I did not intend. Uh-huh. I wanted it to be a full on, like super hard battle. Yeah, of course. She was super, super strong. Yep. I was hoping to maybe, maybe kill at least two people. Wow. <laughs> I mean, kind of a part of me kind of wanted to. Yeah. Battle did not happen. You guys... 100% like I think you like right off the bat Nat 20 convinced her with persuasion like hey we're friends let's find a way to break yeah. your curse instead of <laughs> do this dance and you did and you placed her as the new Yuan T representative Kira. yeah yep and which was super helpful I did not expect that and it was not also that's not how we got the mirrors but we installed mirrors to her yeah, fortress it was through her like ancient magics where I gave these guys a terrible item terrible and great item where they have these mini mirrors that they can set down and it becomes full-sized and they can walk through it and come out any mirror or rather reflective surface anywhere and basically use it as like a portal yeah so that was cool. Yeah, that was <laughs> another very important mechanic to our game. Yes. We were able to travel. I mean, we had to have it was kind of like the teleport spell. You had to know about Where the other surface. Going. If right. you just went through a mirror at random, it could be uh, catastrophic. Yes. But we started installing mirrors everywhere we went. <laughs> you had a whole program. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we're going to have to get someone who can make this stuff. We're going to mass produce it. We're going to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, God damn it. That's always what happens when you give us items. I, I know. But it was really fun, too, though, and it made it easier for you guys to, like, travel quickly. Mm-hmm. And you didn't quite have anything else at the time, so you had that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so when we were kind of, like, meeting the Kuna, you know, we were learning that each of the Kavaka races were pretty unique. Yeah. And how they felt about what was happening. Um, and it was really hard, even though the Kuna is, like, a, gov- a loose government body, mm-hmm. they weren't united. Right. You know, like, they were really only united to continue fighting the war against the South. Right. That was um, the only reason they even did that, because before the Elendi attacked the Kavaka, they were all just, like, basically, like, separate tribes. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, I stay on my land, you stay in yours, and we're fine. We might fight each other every now and then, but it wasn't until they were forced to band together, otherwise they wouldn't have stood a chance against the overwhelming power and might of the LND. So right. the Kuna were still loosely put together. But so the Kuna was kind of one of the like pivotal decision points for us when mm-hmm. we decided to travel north instead of south across the rift. Right. And that Kuna that we met was completely different than the like group we would have met if we had gone and talked to the Alendi. Yep, if it was if you guys went from north to south instead you would have encountered the council down there and those representatives mm-hmm. and their own personal issues and yep. ties and so that really changed our story completely. Mm-hmm. Um and meeting the Kuna and learning about the Kavaka that they were representing um, it kind of started to sway our opinion of the Elendi. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we had opinions or not going into it, we started thinking of the Elendi as the bad guys and right. the Kavaka as the good guys. Um, and if it would have been the other way around, we would have had a totally different story. Right. So, yeah, you guys replaced them with uh, those who had very similar views to your guys's because at this point, 
you are fairly certain, mostly United-ish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the direction you wanted to go, you guys at least wanted to stop the rift. And you also knew that the rift was very strong and powerful. And the only way to really even contain it was that you had to somehow get the Elendi on board, mm-hmm. or at least some of them. So you were kind of working towards a goal of, all right, well, we have the Kuna under our belt. We got to wrap up their personal problems and figure out all their stuff, their drama. And once that's done, then we're going to go south and try to do the same thing there and right. then go for the rift. That's right. It really, you again, you guys really did drive the ultimate like story of it. Because again, it was just loosely like, hey, I made a world. There's this war, rift happened, now what? Mm-hmm. You know, and so you guys decided, all right, we're going to try to unify everybody and stop the rift some way, somehow. Maybe <laughs> probably kill it. And some of us are okay with that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a good stopping point right now for this segment. Yeah, we went over a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless if there's a couple more things you wanted to mention before Well, we- I just wanted to know what you... Like, what were some of the choice, like, major choices that we made that changed the story? Oh, sure. Okay, so... So, things that... Like, Merolith was a huge thing um, that I, I did not anticipate. So, you guys, like, completely reworking the Kuna and making them have a goal together. Yeah. Like, that Uniting was, them. Yeah, uniting them like that. Because I had a whole side thing that I was going to do with King and Zayla. But you stopped them, like, well before it even really started. Yeah. (laughs) So that whole, like, subplot never happened. Oh, I was going to also say that there are a few things that you guys collected, but never used. Oh, yeah. Um, So one of them, eventually, Ravlin, got that necklace of memories of Mistra. Oh, yeah. And you, like, never use that. Cool. So <laughs> that never, like, revealed any deeper meaning or plot for certain things. Bummer. Um, and, of course, you guys captured a creature that had information, but you guys shoved it in your bag of holding <laughs> and forgot about it. Yeah. So we did. I guess that's never going to be a thing now. Well, let me just sidebar that for a second. <laughs> so that uh, so that person that we captured, we were arguing over whether to torture him or not. Yes. He was uh, part of the Elendi. Elendi. He was like an Elendi spy for the princess. But anyways, uh, we were arguing over whether we should torture him or not. And my character, Ravelin, was like, absolutely not. We're not going to torture this guy. <laughs> And the halflings are, like, super anti-elf, so they were like, fuck this guy, I'm gonna kill him. And uh, we basically just argued until we put him in the dungeon in the bag of holding, and he just disappeared. It's just, the, it's just yeah, there yeah. forever now. Right. So. <laughs> That's fine. We just kind of forgot to deal with him. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I think we talked to him a little bit, but not really. Not really at all. Yeah. And then you had, like, a severed head of a robot that you guys encountered once. Yep. And then just threw it in the bag of... <laughs> <laughs> never looked back. Bag of holding where things go to die. I, I was even like being the robot head like, oh, wait, I have information. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guess you'll never know about the robots in this medieval world. We really don't need another <laughs> section of people <laughs> to learn about. Let me just say that I right guess now. guess that's fine. There's too many to keep track of. So whatever information that head held is... Gone. Gone. I mean, I guess it's it's a robot, so it's not going to die in your bag. You still have it, but at this point, it's moot. <laughs> right. And then you also have one of the uh, Vitari, which that is one of a lore. Uh, I'm using a lot of words right now. I don't think we explained it. Vitari <laughs> is an ancient elven guardian who is said to have once been a priestess of Mistra turned evil. And you guys have one of those and it's undead and you threw it in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and it has like information to like the truth of where you guys came from and what happened and what it was like before, which eventually you guys did find out anyway. Yeah, it like knew me. Right. And it told me a lot of stuff about Mistra. Yeah, it did definitely lead you on to quite a bit of stuff, but 
that was like lightly treaded and then thrown into the bag. Yep. <laughs> and then forgotten. <laughs> so it's, I guess it's, there's a lot of um, different plots where there were points, because you did say in the last episode how there are only four turtles that exist at a time yes. on this world. Because each turtle represents a pillar that like upholds this world, the balance of it. They are in charge of it. They all have their own domains. There's life, death, magic, and the fourth one. Humanity? Uh, I forget what I called it. It was something like spirit, maybe. Mm. You guys would have encountered them at different points, but... Like, certain plots just weren't, like, followed through completely and then kind of set aside for, like, mostly the QNA stuff. Mm -hmm. So they never really actually were met by you guys. Right. Which, I mean, that's fine. That would have been a whole other thing because they would have had their own, like, subquests and their own, like, problems for you to handle, you know. So maybe it was a good thing, but it's the path that you chose. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But yeah, like the turtles never really got explored. Mm -hmm. um, especially since the player who was one of the turtles ended up not dropping playing. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there is one other thing that I don't think I should reveal now because it might reveal during the final battle. Okay. But that never would have happened if you guys didn't treat this character that way. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> That literally, like, I have I have an NPC that we have not mentioned that you guys have interacted with a number of times. It could be once, it could be many more, I'm not going to say. But the way you treated this particular character, I suddenly had an inspiration one day. And I was like, oh my god, this is what that character actually truly is. And I'm hoping that'll reveal during the final battle oh, no. somehow. <laughs> But yeah, I had no plans for that character. That character was going to be like a pretty quick, short NPC. But then things changed. You guys interacted <laughs> with him. It was negative. Scary. <laughs> I don't like that. So you'll find that out pretty soon. Yeah, there have been, there have definitely been some twists and turns. We definitely shaped the story a lot, it sounds like. Yeah. And uh, just kind of thrown a lot of it under the rug. Yes. <laughs> to never be explored again. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. It, there was a lot anyway. Like, you still, it's still gone on for, like, two plus years. And and we've made it our own story. Exactly. We all have a personal stake in it. You mm -hmm. know, all of our characters are interested in it. And we kind of, you know, we knew that there was going to be an end. And we've seen it through. Exactly. And you guys, like, it seems like everybody had their own, like, character arc. Yeah. You know, and their own growth. They've changed throughout all this time and that's been really cool watching it and that's mostly because you guys literally chose like 80 percent of the paths that you went down cool so yeah that's great so yeah no it's the way it's going and the way it's going to end like i'm totally happy with it i mean we actually we haven't officially ended it right now as of this recording we're going to fairly soon but it's i feel like it came to it for the most part, naturally. Pretty organically. Yeah. yeah I would say so, too. Yeah. So. We, we were kind of rushed at the end, but we found what we wanted to do. Right. And did it. Yeah. Which is good. It got figured out. So. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to wrap it up um, as far as, like, kind of diving into some of the NPCs and talking about some of the choices that we made that shaped the story and kind of getting us out of the rift a little bit further into the story. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for more. We're going to continue on with this homebrew series. Uh, we still, as of this recording, we haven't released our first episode yet. So we're unsure of, I guess, the reaction to these. But again, we're, we enjoy talking about it. So I, I feel like hopefully you guys enjoy listening about it. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear your opinions. And you can send all of those at the following. Yeah, so you can find us on Potions and Potpourri on Instagram. We have a Gmail account, potions appropriate Gmail. And also the other thing I want to say, which is new, if you're used to this field and you're about to skip forward, don't. <laughs> um, I, I also recently put up a survey mm -hmm. that we would love feedback on. Please take it. Um, as of like five days of it being up, we have no responses. Is and it anonymous, right? It's anonymous, but yeah. it shows me if people have responded. Oh, it's sure. not who. Sure. 
So uh, it's just a quick less than five minute survey. Um, you know, what you like, what you don't like about the show, what you want to hear more of, because, you know, we have a lot of segments. Um, oh, yeah. But we're kind of just talking about shit that we like to talk about. And some of you listen consistently and some of you are new to the show. So we really, really value the feedback. Um, just go ahead and fill it out. It's on our description on Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the, there's a link there that you can follow. So yeah, uh, but that's the best way to reach us. Instagram or email us. Either way is great. Anyways, this has been Potion and Potpourri. I am Kayla. And I'm Keisha. And thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Again. Bye. Again. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>